This episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast is sponsored by CoinZoom. Stick around and learn more about them later in this episode. Just because the DeFi insanity has cooled down doesn't mean DeFi is over. In fact, many believe it's here to stay, just without the hype. One of the big triggers for the DeFi craze happened when Uniswap surprisingly dropped at least 400 Uni tokens on users of the platform. And today, we're joined by Peter Gurr, founder of Wise Token. Peter's got some great insights into DeFi, why the Uniswap event was so significant, and what happens next in the DeFi world. We've graduated from DeFi DoFi to DeFi Dingbats. Who knows where we'll end up after this great conversation with Peter on our To Uniswap and Beyond, episode number 459 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Once upon a time, they were DeFi DeFi. And then they became DeFi Dingbats. No matter what, they're still bad. And you're here to see what happens next. I'm Joel Kahn, that's Travis Wright, and this is the Bad Crypto Podcast. I thought we started out as a DeFi dipshits, <laughs> and then we were DeFi DoFi, and then now we're DeFi dingbats. I, we're going to have to figure out by the end of this interview what we are right now. Because... DeFi douchebags, don't be... Oh, no, I don't want to be a douchebag. Well, that's you. You're the DeFi douchebag. I don't want to be the DeFi douchebag. I'm, I'm the DeFi bag of Joey Bag of Donuts. I'm going to be the guy that tells everybody about CoinZoom, yo. So here's the deal. If you're searching for a debit card that allows you to spend your crypto more seamlessly, duh, the CoinZoom Visa card does the trick. It's a true debit card that instantly converts your crypto to the fiat accepted by the merchant. All you got to do is choose what crypto you want to spend. Use the CoinZoom card to spend crypto at 53 million merchants globally, including booking hotels, rental cars, and making ATM withdrawals. The best part of all, you get up to 5% in crypto back on every purchase. Want to register? Want to get $10 in free crypto? Here's all you got to do. Go to badco.in forward slash coin zoom. That is badco.in forward slash coin zoom. What are you waiting for? Get your 10 bucks in free crypto and start spending it. No, I, I think this is this is a great thing. If you guys do not have a, a, a debit card for your cryptocurrency, you should think about getting one. They're so convenient, man. I tell you what, I use mine all of the time. CoinZoom Visa, badco.in forward slash CoinZoom. Hey, Mr. Sir Lord Jocom, we have an interview today, don't we? We do. We got a great interview. Peter Gurr is with us, and uh, we're going to welcome him right now. Hey, Peter. Yo, Peter. Gurr. You know what I love, Mr. Travis Wright? Um, you love donut. You like bacon. I like bacon. I like donuts. Put some bacon on a donut. Forget you love about bacon it. donuts. I think that's true. Um, I, I mean, you God, love torch. You love tacos. I do. Yep. You said you, you were going to say torchies, right? You do love torchies. That is true. Yeah. Torchies tacos. You love crypto. I bet crypto. I love crypto. You ah, love crypto. I your crypto's okay. You love it. Don't don't be shy. Don't play coy with your cryptos. I mean, it's okay. I like it when it goes up. Yeah, you like it when you don't lose it. <laughs> I like it when I don't lose it either. I like to <laughs> well, keep my bitcoins in my wallet with my private keys. You know, our listeners also 
love crypto and we're fascinated by it. There's so many cool things happening in the crypto world right now. And it's always a pleasure and an honor to welcome another um, passionate crypto being to the show. And today we have one such being in the house. His name is Peter Gurr. He's a real estate entrepreneur, an Army National Guard soldier, a gamer turned crypto expert, and the founder of Wise Token. We're going to find out how wise he is. Peter, welcome to Bed Crypto. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Great intro. And, and I wanted to say thank you for uh, your service to our country. Absolutely. My, my pleasure. I love America. Mm. Well, what we want to know as we get started here is maybe you can kind of give us some of your credentials, you know, your background and how you got into this passion for the cryptos. Sure. So yeah, so like you said, I was a gamer in 2017. I discovered blockchain technology for the first time and then watched Bitcoin do that crazy thing it did uh, all the way up to $20,000. And it was easy for me to understand the value of blockchain technology because as a gamer and and, and as a hardcore gamer uh, who is min-maxing everything and and you know all I did was understand systems that that's pretty much what games are little systems little economies and transition that over to crypto blockchain technology and bitcoin and all these other crypto projects they're just their own little systems their own economies and it fascinated me so so much so I Used to be spending all of my free time, um, you know, trying to get those trophies in, in games and get that status. And uh, nowadays, I'm reading white papers and, and trying to dissect systems to find out how they work. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, as you mentioned, crypto is very interesting, but there are some there are some problems and some issues that people definitely need to be aware of when they're in some potential pitfalls, right? Yeah, yeah, it's such it's such a scary place. You know, when when I first discovered blockchain technology, I was like, wow, this is going to revolutionize the world in like a few years. Everybody's going to be, you know, using some type of cryptocurrency. Blockchain is going to revolutionize every single industry. But it but it didn't happen. And I think some of the major reasons why it didn't happen is is one, uh people are people are scared to death because um, you can lose all your money in crypto, whether it's from scams or whether it's just from lack of knowledge and you don't understand how to, um, you know, keep your private keys, lose your private keys and you lose everything. And also just the fact that there is so many projects out there that are unsustainable and they're just like a flash in the pan. They're just here one day and you can't expect them to be there or to, or to, you know, do anything months, years down the road. Yeah, we're at this place where people reach out to us and say, what do you think of this project and what these guys are trying to do? And I'm like, look, these altcoins, most of them aren't going to be able to survive. Many of them are, you know, they say that they're the only solution for what they're doing, but they're actually not. And in order to get critical mass, um, you know, very few of them are going to get there, which is why, you know, we're bullish on projects that are actually doing something. You know, it's why we build our NFTs on the wax blockchain because there's actual business, you know, taking place and big brands attracted to it. In fact, um, I'm not sure when this is airing, but, you know, even Atari is getting in on the wax blockchain. And so there's a lot of hype out there around a lot of different chains but right now we've been talking a lot about the hype around DeFi. we saw this crazy run in DeFi, and it's kind of come back down to earth and a lot of this has focused on a little project called uniswap and 
they're a game changer. So I think I'd like to, you know, Peter, maybe we start at the, the beginning uh, for those who don't know what Uniswap is and how it's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love Uniswap. As as soon as it came out, I realized it was going to change the game, you know, November 2018. And, uh, and, and yeah, yeah, let's definitely talk about that. I, um, I did have one caveat, though, about what we were talking about before. I, I think that if more uh, projects would follow the lead of Bitcoin, then we would have been in a better place. Uh, and what I'm talking about specifically is economic decentralization. Uh, so for instance, like when, when you mine Bitcoin or when you trade Bitcoin, there isn't fees going to Satoshi. Bitcoin is not like a profit, um, uh, like a profit company, uh, but pretty much every single crypto after Bitcoin has been like a for-profit project and and uh, you know you have pre-mine tokens and profits going to um, the people who created it. I, I think that kills what makes blockchain technology good in the first place, which is zero uh, percent. Uh, excuse me, zero dollar overhead cost. It doesn't cost anything. What once you upload a cryptocurrency to the network, it just exists forever and it does what it is supposed to do. If you're adding a bunch of profits on top of that well, then it makes it less efficient for the people using it. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest problems. So, I mean, it, it is interesting is Uniswap definitely, they definitely, you know, evolved the space. And, and then we've seen a lot of stuff pop up as a result of Uniswap, but they have some serious liquidity over there uh, to be able to swap coins. Now, are those, is those, are those only Ethereum-based coins on Uniswap? Yeah. First of all, yeah. Uniswap changed the game in a massive way. Uh, it, it's like for people who don't know, it, it's actually a revolutionary piece of technology that changed the way exchanges work forever. Because before Uniswap existed and, and you know, the other decentralized exchanges that didn't become as successful, the only way you could trade, the only way you could make a market was through an exchange and an order book. So like if, if you're like a new project coming out uh, in, in order to have a market, first of all, you have to get listed on the exchanges, mm -hmm. which sometimes costs, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get listed on like Binance or something. Then after you get listed, you have to create a market, which means people, you have to have a huge order book of people putting buy orders and sell orders before you could have a massive market. Uniswap changed the game because it doesn't work off of order books. It works off liquidity pools and you can create a market as big as you want, as long as the money is there to create it. So the new technology that Uniswap and the DEXs like Uniswap brought is liquidity pools versus order books. So with a, so with a regular exchange, the experience is, first of all, you got to give up custody of your crypto to the exchange and exchanges can get hacked. You could lose your crypto. Then you got to place, you know, a buy order or a sell order and then hope that somebody's there to fill it, which is a terrible experience for uh, people who are in crypto because first of all, you got to give up control of your crypto and then you got to hope and pray that somebody's going to fill your order um, w w when you place it there. Well, it's way different with Uniswap. Uniswap has these big, massive pots of money that, that are, they're called liquidity pools. They're half one asset and half another asset. So let's say half uh, Ethereum and half wrapped Bitcoin. So let's, I, so the pool in Uniswap right now um, is about $500 million. So you got $250 million of Ethereum and $250 million of wrapped Bitcoin. You can trade instantly 
without having to place an order book, without having to give up custody of your crypto from the privacy of your own MetaMask wallet or whatever wallet you use to connect, you can swap one asset to another. In, in this instance, Ethereum for wrapped Bitcoin or wrapped Bitcoin for Ethereum instantly. And it's at the market price. And but the this kind of kicks exchanges out of the picture, right? I mean, certainly, you know, a CZ can't be happy about this. Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. It, it, if, if people really understood how this worked, then there's very little use cases for centralized exchanges. Like, like uh, one of the things that, one of the only things Uniswap can't do is, is onboard you from fiat to cryptocurrency. So um, it, like Binance can still do that. You know, other exchanges can still do that if you're onboarding from fiat to uh, cryptocurrency. But if you're talking about trading cryptocurrency, it's a much better experience and much less fees and much safer to use Uniswap. And I think that's one of the reason Uniswap went from like, I remember last November was less than $5 million. Now it's $3 billion in total liquidity. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, when you, when you look at this, I mean, this is the evolution of it. And, and the, I've seen so much information out there, people talking about that banks are going to start becoming obsolete with DeFi and some of these other things. And it would seem to me that, that the, the whole industry will, will change again because it's basically based on smart contracts. Like here it is. Like you don't you don't need some overlords there to to be managing all of this. This can all just be handled by code. Yeah, I I completely agree. But I also have noticed that most of the smart contracts out there, most of the projects being made, like I said before, they're not economically decentralized. They're they're just uh, they're just too greedy in, in in my opinion. So I think that you're absolutely right. But it's going to take some time for people to understand what's going on and to realize that in order to have something that's going to truly replace a bank, you can't put huge fees on it and you can't put huge profits on it and you can't pre-mine 50% of the supply. It has to be economically decentralized, which means the people creating these projects have to do it in a fair way, like Bitcoin was created. So if you were going to tell a newbie how to Uniswap, is that a verb now? Hey, did you <laughs> Uniswap? I mean, why not? If we could Yahoo and we could Google, we could Uniswap. You know, how difficult is it to uh, to play? It's extremely easy. Um, the only thing you need to be able to understand is a MetaMask wallet. So uh, MetaMask wallet, you know, you can add a MetaMask wallet to your Chrome browser in, in 30 seconds, get your 12 seed words so that it's protected and have a MetaMask wallet that can have Ethereum and, uh, and you know, uh, pretty much any other token. See, right, right there, we, I think we, you lose some people. I'm not talking about you in particular, but just, you know, when you start to talk to people about private keys and seed words, right? That is not the lingo that the, uh, the unwashed masses are used to, right? They're used to passwords, and so because we in the crypto world have defined them as something that is a new piece of terminology, I think that's confusing to people. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's fair. Um, so, so change it all, uh, Pete, and go ahead mm -hmm. and tell the whole crypto community, can we just say freaking password instead of keys? Well, I think that could be confusing because you have a password for your MetaMask wallet too. <laughs> yes, that is true. That That's true. So we're teaching them something new. Here's an extra layer of something you need to know 
in order to do this. And, and I think that's one of the problems we're having with onboarding and explaining to people because, you know, they're used to a username and a password. Boom, I'm into my account. Now you have to store your keys. You have to have your seed phrase and you need to have your password to log in. You know what? I, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, like there, there's no, there's not necessarily customer service for different parts of crypto. Like if you lose, uh, if if you lose your passwords, if you, you know, if you lose your uh, private keys, <laughs> I want to call like Bitcoin one eight hundred number. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm calling my Bitcoin support. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I think this is like you know the. When when the when the car was made, like it was it was probably hard for people to understand like how that worked and how to shift and like how to make it go as well. But I, but I think it's just growing pains and and that pretty soon um, people will kind of just 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 know this because it's it's not it's not that these are too hard to understand. Like uh, it's very simple to understand that you know your seed word is uh you, you know your password basically and we and you know it's it's actually a 32 digit um string of characters but they've simplified it so that you can just memorize or and or write down these 12 different words that correspond to what your password is and that's like your nuclear launch codes like you can't lose that that's what you want to keep safe and as long as you keep that safe you can be able to access your money, even if, um, you know, your hardware wallet breaks, even if your computer breaks, you could go to any computer, um, you know, download MetaMask. And as long as you have your, your 12 word seed phrase, which is your private key, which is your password, then you'll be okay. This is Joe Com. Yes, sir. If you need a different crypto, just swap it like it's hot, swap it like it's hot, swap it like it's hot. Just log into your MetaMask pocket like it's hot, pocket like it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's good how, how long have you been working on that one no man i just was just swapping it like it's hot over here i figured yeah. that now, now we gotta add that to the playlist you know so a lot of people actually got uniswap tokens this was a little surprise right that out of the blue if you had used uniswap before they dropped 400 unis on you because i had used it i did a, a small swap one time for uh you know an erc20 token and then I heard they were doing this drop and I looked and there it was. I mean, how do they, how do they do that? Isn't it just making money out of nowhere? Like the fed? It, well, it, it is, except you have to consider the wave of money that's being transferred from other different places into cryptocurrency. So, so it's true that technically those tokens are worthless, but you've got people that are looking to put their money in crypto and they really like Uniswap and they can see that Uniswap is, uh, you know, has $3 billion of lock liquidity. It just, it, it just makes sense. So I, I think a good way to explain it is, is to explain how value is created with assets, because I think a lot of people misunderstand this. Um, when, the only value that's created with assets is, is when people buy. So whether you're talking about US dollar, gold, Bitcoin, the price goes up and it, and it gets a value um, de depending on like how many people are buying it versus selling. So when we're talking about any cryptocurrency, the value that's actually created, it doesn't have to be something tangible. It just has to be the fact that people want to buy it and people are buying it. And, and people can buy that for many different reasons. 
it, it doesn't have to be something like, um, you know, the YFI token that, that lends big pots of money out to different protocols that generate interest on compound and Aave lending and stuff like that. That Sure, that's one way to create value, but you can also create value just by creating a product that people like and want to use and they buy it. Um, so I, I think a lot of people have the wrong idea about how value is created because um, most of value is created in crypto just because people want it. Like on, on TikTok, people made a video uh, saying buy Dogecoin because we think the price is going to go up. So there was actually value created because people thought that the price was going to go up and they bought it and, and it pumped like what, $700 million or something like that. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. So, so I got to ask this then, because I bet a lot of people have no clue. So Uniswap is its own sort of decentralized thing. And aside from that token, like, how does it make money? Because it's not pulling in percentages of each transaction, is it? No, um, it's simply a governance token. So I, I've got mixed feelings about the Uniswap token because up until they dropped their token, one of the things we used to say about Uniswap was how awesome we think Uniswap is because they don't have a token. Like it was the use case to show, hey, the most successful decentralized exchange is the most successful and doesn't have a token. So we compare that to like, you know, the Kyber network and, and, and the other things and be like, you know, we're so happy that Uniswap just didn't duct tape a token onto their thing unnecessarily. Um, so, so I've got kind of mixed feelings about that because, because you're absolutely right. It's a worthless token. The only thing it does is governance, you know? <laughs> and uh, so if, if you own Uni, um, supposedly sometime in the future, you're going to have a say to vote on certain things, but that is not where the money comes from. The money in Uniswap comes from um, the 0.3% transaction fees that are happening. A small portion of that 0.3% it, uh, actually goes to the Uniswap developers. Daddy, where do uni you know, fees come from? It's so funny the way this all works. It's, it's really an interesting new paradigm and of course we're seeing other projects you know um, rise up that are seeking to take some of the uniswap market uh you know is are, are we here at the uh, point of a craze where there's just going to be a whole wave of uniswap copycats now well, yeah, I mean, that started with SushiSwap and SushiSwap was able to capture a large amount of liquidity, but, uh, but then Uniswap got it back after, after SushiSwap, um, you know, had the kind of debacle where uh, the founder of SushiSwap basically sold $12 million worth of his tokens and crashed the price uh, to, to, to very, very low, which is another thing. Like, I, I wish people would understand how, uh, like, it's really important to have um, economic decentralization. Like I said, like the people who created these things should not be holding massive bags um, that are able to crash the price like that. And, and in SushiSwap, 10% of all SushiSwap tokens uh, went to the creator. That, that's just how he designed it. And I thought that was a very bad design. And, you know, it turned out that he used that 10%, those 10% to just sell on the market and crash the price. So, but, but the point here, the bottom line here is there's been a lot of copycats. The most successful copycat was SushiSwap, but SushiSwap actually 
made Uniswap better because it was less than $1 billion locked on Uniswap before SushiSwap. SushiSwap um, brought it up to like 2.5 billion. And then after SushiSwap kind of crashed, um, Uniswap not only regained everything that SushiSwap took, but it then added another over half a billion dollars. So, I will give you a thousand bad coin if you could say sushi swap 10 times fast. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to try that. I'm already getting tongue tied just trying to say it once. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, the, the, the point is uh, Uniswap is king and it's just getting bigger and better and it's growing faster the more copies that, that come out. So I, I, highly doubt we're going to see you know uniswap killers anytime too soon it is it is such an interesting space and it actually you know uh give you a little time here to sort of talk about your project a little bit because you you were like all right this is some interesting stuff here there's some you know why are why are modern crypto projects you know economically decent why aren't there more uh, crypto projects that are decentralized like bitcoin and so what is it that you did with wise token and, and how is that unique yeah, sure. So, so basically for three years after I discovered cryptocurrency, I've been looking into all these projects, reading the white papers, reading the website. And you know, I think I find a good one. And then it'd be like, oh no, there's admin keys in the contract. They can change anything on a whim. Dang it. All right. On to the next one. I think I'd find another good one to be like, oh no, there's 80% pre-mine of the tokens. So, okay. The contract is decentralized, but they control 80% of the entire supply. So I was like, man, okay, on to the next one. And, and so I did this for three years and I finally decided if like, I'm not going to find the project that I want to invest in unless I make it. Um, so after Uniswap came out, that was the catalyst for me because the big problem in, in crypto before Uniswap was, hey, you can make a great project, a great project that's, that's useful and, and people would love it. Um, but you can't create a market. It's very hard to create a market because like I said, centralized exchanges, you got to make order books. You know, it's, it takes a time and effort to build a large market. But with Uniswap and liquidity pools, you can create as large a market as you want, as much money as you have because it's just a pool of liquidity. If you want to create a, 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 a billion dollar market for the token that you created, if you have a billion dollars, you can put a billion dollars on Uniswap um, paired with, an equal value of your token and boom, you have a billion dollar market that people can trade. So I, so I think all, like all the projects that are coming out, they're not taking advantage of the fact that you can make a large market instantly, which is the best thing you could possibly do for a crypto. Like, like they have a presale and then they put less than $100,000 of their, $100, of their presale on Uniswap. Terrible idea. So what, what, my idea was is that we hold a pre-sale before listing on Uniswap where we sell half the supply. At, and by the way, at market price, not at some ridiculous price where um, you know, you've got the private pre-sale and then the first round, the second round, the third round, then you got your pre-mine. And then by the time it actually gets onto the market where regular people can buy it, they've already 50 X and you're at huge risk to buy and then have them cash out on your heads. Like that's ridiculous. So what, what I decided was, Hey, I'm going to create a presale where we sell half the supply um, over a period of 50 days. And then once that, and, and it's at market price, you know, whatever people send uh, is, is what they get. And then after that, we take the other half of supply and pair it with 
uh, w- with the money that got brought in. So it, it's very different from selling like a little piece of your supply and then putting a tiny piece of that on Uniswap where you like start off with $50,000 in Uniswap. Um, Wise is starting with tens of millions of dollars on Uniswap uh, liquidity because we're selling half of our supply and then we're not, um, you know, keeping that money for ourselves like a ton of other projects do. We're pairing that money with the other half of the supply, putting it on Uniswap. So we start right off the bat with a market that's tens of millions of dollars deep. And then the contract burns the keys. So a, a phenomenon that's been happening, you know, every single day, hundreds of times is people uh, will, you know, d- developers will make a token. I'm sure you've seen it over and over. There'll be a, what they call a rug pool, which means that the pe- um, that they pull the liquidity. So for instance, that $3 billion on Uniswap in, in liquidity, that's owned. Every single bit of that is owned and the owner can take it away. So developers would make this project, put a listing on Uniswap, let people buy it up and then yank the liquidity, which basically gets them uh, like a huge value in their Ethereum back. And then nobody else can can, uh, trade anymore because the market's gone and and their tokens are worthless. That's called a rug pull and that happens over and over. And uh, again, I see it happening like dozens of times a day. Uh, You can go on Twitter and see uh, FOMO Soros keeps track of it on, on Twitter. There's, t- there's days when 60% of the Uniswap listings uh, on Uniswap are uh, ending up being rug pulls where the owner of it pulls the liquidity. What's the Twitter account? Uh, at FOMO Soros. It's a picture of a little red dinosaur. <laughs> nice. There he is right there. That's, uh, that's one worthy of following the, um, the profile says been losing money in crypto since the Mount Gox and Cripsy days. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a tongue in cheek, funny, a funny account, but he does a good job at, at tracking, you know, this, uh, rug pull situation that, that's going on. So 35% of the projects listed on Uniswap in the last six hours have all been rugged. He, he put that up on uh, September 11th. He's got that as his pinned tweet. Yeah. So how do we know we're not going to get rugged with, with wise? And, and before you answer that, by the way, uh, just so you guys know, we're always fully transparent. This is not a sponsored interview. Uh, we have no stake in wise. Uh, we just wanted to speak with our friend here and, and discover more about his project. So how do we know we're not going to get the rug pulled? Yeah, sure. So, you know, you're not going to get the rug pulled because uh, number one, Wise is a 100% complete smart contract that has no admin keys, which which means that it can't be changed once it's deployed. It's going to do what it says it's going to do. And we also have uh, an audit from CoinFabric to back that up as well. Um, so, so number one, you know that what's our, our contract does, it's going to do and it can't be changed. And number two, it's written in the contract. Uh, you know, it's already in process. This is going to happen no matter what. Once the contract, uh, well, excuse me, once the presale phase is done and the contract takes the Ethereum and is going to pair it with the second half of supply to form the initial pool of liquidity for Wise slash ETH on Uniswap, once it does that, um, it, it receives what is called LP tokens, liquidity pool tokens back from Uniswap. That is your keys basically to access your liquidity. So, so anybody can provide liquidity on Uniswap. Like it's, you know, there's millions of people doing it. Um, you provide liquidity on Uniswap, 
to whatever pair you want. You send your money there, you get your LP tokens back, and then you're, you, you can earn a percentage of the fees of the people that are you know, trading in your pool. So you'll, you'll earn a percentage of the volume. So, you, so the contract gets these LP tokens back when creating the liquidity. So what, what some other people do, well, you know, in, in the ones that rug pull, they, they don't do anything. Like they have full control of those LP tokens. They can uh, get their liquidity back and then do whatever they want with it. With our contract, it sends those tokens to a burn address. So whatever money is sent to Uniswap in that pool, it becomes ownerless. No one can ever access it. Like anybody could trade it, WISE for ETH or ETH for WISE. Like that's the, what the market is. Um, and so we'll have this market that's tens of millions of dollars deep, but no one can ever remove it. Mm. That is that is fascinating. It's a, it's like it's like with, with these new crypto projects and these new advancements that happen. There's always new things to consider. There's always new with the, with the new advancements. Maybe you know you're like. All right, where are the pitfalls? Where can we get hosed? You know, and those are some of the things that we like to look at is like, all right, you know what? Be cautious. It's a new space. It's, it is interesting. You're going to want to play around with it, but things bad could happen. Pay attention. And uh, yeah, this, you got a lot of great advice. Got a lot of great info over there, Peter. It, it might even be wise. <laughs> you guys go do your own due diligence of course the website is wisetoken.net and links to uh peter's linkedin account you'll find in the show notes for this episode uh, pete thanks for coming on and sharing today we appreciate it thanks for having me mr travis wright i think we've graduated we are now DeFi delights oh we are <laughs> yeah I mean, we're enlightened, we're delighted by DeFi, and we're no longer complete idiots about it. I mean, we understand it now, and hopefully you guys do too. And thanks to uh, Peter and, you know, other guests that we've had on recently talking about DeFi that are bringing us along on this journey, uh, because we don't know it all. We're learning. That is true, because it's, it's such an interesting space, and it's moving very fast. And that's why I think is like it's 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 fascinating to to pay attention to some of this stuff because a lot of times you don't understand it. You hear about the term. It I think it's kind of like oh Bitcoin that's interesting. Okay, great. But then you don't act on it. You know you're like oh yeah blockchain. Okay. But then once you finally get blockchain, you're like oh damn that's going to revolutionize things. It's amazing. And I think DeFi is kind of the same way. Some people just don't get it yet. I think that it's a little scary for some people because. You see how the big gains happen and then big losses happen shortly thereafter. So I think that, that that folks are a little wary. As they should be. And speaking of DeFi, pleased to welcome a new sponsor to the show, the Lattice Exchange. They are the evolution of existing DeFi solutions. They're providing more assurance in crypto asset trading and settlements, along with the ability to incorporate multiple specialized and asset-specific automated market-making algorithms. That means it's super smart. This will further advance the blockchain industry because you've got improved financial instruments. They're cost-effective, they've got speed, security, scalability that the traditional security asset traders are accustomed to. There's no reason we shouldn't be accustomed to it as well. Check them out at lattice.com exchange it's spelled l-a-t-t-i-c-e the way lattice is spelled lattice.exchange we welcome him to the show and as a sponsor in the republic of bad cryptopia thanks for making DeFi even better guys that's true you know what i realized is like so we're 
So we're the blockchain blockheads. We're the DeFi DoFi, which have evolved to the whatever. I, I'm still a DeFi dumbass. No, I'm, I'm I'm DeFi delightful. You're DeFi delightful, but we are the NFT, the nifty nitwits. We are indeed. And if you guys haven't tuned in to the Nifty Show yet, every Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Pacific, live, live, live. You can practically feel the pulse. It happens every week live, nifty.show forward slash YouTube, nifty.show forward slash theta. In fact, Mr. Travis Wright, I set up a simple calendar link that you can put it on your calendar with a reminder every week. So you don't have to worry about email or any of that. It'll just notify you on your phone. Go to nifty.show forward slash free. And you'll see the calendar and all you got to do is click on any of the dates that are on the calendar and just say copy to my calendar just uses a simple google calendar and i thought you know this because a lot of people forget when shows are going live and then i always hear from people oh i missed it and i gotta go watch the replay which are all on our youtube channel but nifty.show forward slash free will take you right to the calendar and you can subscribe right there and never miss a show again it's funny to me if people go, oh man, I'm so upset. I missed the live feed. Like, it's the same feed. And it was just like moments ago. So it's not like things have changed since then. <laughs> missed it by that much. Yeah, let's go. Thanks well, for listening. We appreciate you, folks. You guys are awesome. You guys are not, you guys are not blockchain blockheads or boneheads or lame brains. You guys are great. And we love you. And thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay back. Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.